Welcome to the Specify Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Tats Nakagawa of Castagra Products. Each week, I talk to leaders and experts about how to overcome adversity, grow massive organizations, and how to create meaningful change in the building materials and construction industry. Today's guest is Matt Peterson. He's an experienced executive in the building materials industry. So, uh, Matt, thank you. Thank you for uh, coming on the show. Thanks, Tats, for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, so you've been in uh, building materials for a long time. I've lost a lot of hair over the years. Yes, 27 years. There you go. And was that always the plan? It was not. No, I I got into this crazy industry in 1995 because I graduated from college. I was broke and didn't have a job. And I knew a local shingle salesman in Atlanta, Georgia. And he got me an interview that eventually led me getting into this industry. Awesome. So your early days was with John Mansfield, I guess. Actually, my early years were with Tamco. Ah. And back in 95, they were, they were really well known for their shingles, and I think still are today. But at the time, they also made a modified called Awa Plan. And so for the roofing contractors that have been around a while, really quality modified. And I was a roof inspector that traveled to Southeast for about three years, inspecting modified and then old built up roofs, old four ply asphalt and gravel. And then that led me actually going to work for a roofing contractor. Which is funny, Tats, because I thought I knew commercial roofing. And when I went to work for this contractor, I worked on the roof for the first year. And I learned more in that one year than three years of inspections. So it gave me a really good foundation to help kind of build off in my career. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, it's you were serving those sales functions. Was that sort of always your temperament sales or is that a learned skill for you? I mean, you're always learning. So I think, I don't want to say it came natural. I mean, my belief has always been be the resource for your customer. And I think that technical background just of the inspections and just helping customers understand what they have and helping them to succeed, I think it just gave me a better or a solid foundation to get into sales. And I think if you are if you have good interpersonal skills, you're honest, you're kind, you really have the customer's best interests at heart. I think you're going to be successful. Yeah. Now, for someone that's not in like the building materials, the roofing space, looking, you know, in, what's something that people may not understand about what you do or some of the processes or things that occur in the industry? Good question. I mean, I've I've had a lot of different roles over the years. So kind of go back for a second. From this roofing contractor position, I moved to Chicago and that's where I worked for John's Manville as a, a sales rep for 10 years selling commercial roofing systems. Then that led me into working for Hunter Panels for about 12 years. And I started out as the regional manager in the Midwest for Hunter, got promoted to director of private label for Hunter Panels. And then for the last almost five years, I was the GM. And so I'm only saying that because all those different roles over the years from being a roof inspector to the GM and working on the roof, it's just, you're always learning, right? You're always trying to make yourself better. And I think every job I've had has really helped me along the way. So back to your question, I think it's important that regardless of your role, wherever you're at in a company's you know, structure, work org, always have that mindset of learning, 
right? Always just be a, you know, a sponge, if you will, to try to learn from those that have been around a while and just don't settle. And I think that's always kind of just helped me in the roofing and construction industry, just learning from the foreman on the roof, learning from an experienced salesman at John's Manville, learning from those sales managers that have been around a while. It's just always it's helped me. Yeah, for sure. Now, you know, within the sales function, you went into OEM private label sales, which is, you know, kind of a different area. What can you tell me about that? Because that's not, you know, usual sales. You're dealing in a business to business capacity. What what are some of the, the, the subtleties in doing that? So it is interesting because the parent company that oversees Hunter Panels, they were competing against these private label customers. There's a fine line, if you will, right? But the mindset for me and everyone, quite honestly, at Hunter was our job is to take care of that private label customer. We will do everything we can in our power to take care of that customer. And that is, that's technical, that's tapered, that's customer service, that's marketing. Our efforts are on helping that private label customer. And over time, once they see the actions, right, and they see that you have their best interests at heart, you know, they've, they've been committed to, to that part of the business. So at Hunter Panels, high percentage of their business, important group of customers. So again, the mindset was, let's take care of them. Let's help them succeed and we'll be successful. Yeah. I'm assuming much of it was training them to be able to be customer facing with their customers, right? Because that's kind of, you know, staying in the background is, is the key to that. Uh, I'm assuming that was a relationship. Absolutely. It was interesting over the 12 years, we had one company that they were brand new to selling polyiso roof insulation, never sold it. And so for that first year, we really put a structure in place or a process in place to help train their sales teams, not only in the field, but internally as well, right? So let's help them have a good foundation, then go ahead and help them launch their insulation in their system. And over the course of 10 plus years, that company is now selling, you know, seven digits of insulation. So it's just interesting. There's a company where brand new to selling insulation, right? Help them grow and succeed. And then you have other mature private label manufacturers that were selling ISO. And again, the job was always, what are your needs, right? Is it tapered quotes? Is it helping to do dual presentations? All of them were different. So for us or at Hunter was really finding out what are their needs and again, trying to help them be successful. Yeah. And did you have, without going into too much detail, like a a bar, right? Because obviously these relationships, some of them take a very long time to set up. Did you have a bar in terms of how you viewed a suitable partner, size, activity? How did you view that just in a general sense of making that investment, the relationship? Every company is trying to grow. Right. And so I think it's understanding expectations by that private label customer. What do you want to do? Right. And then from there, once you understand really what they're trying to do, then you you insert yourself, if you will. It's a partnership. What can we do at Hunter to help you grow the business? Right. So I think what we found is that partnership being very open and honest, you just develop a trust. Right. And that just helped propel both companies forward. So it was different for all of them, but I think in general that helped. 
Yeah, very cool. And you know, so you went from that role into the general manager role. What helped that transition? Because you know, you know, different people come from different backgrounds. I mean, I'm assuming director of private label sales. There's other directors and other positions. Why do you think that you were able to make that transition over to general manager? Good question. You know, I again, that thirst for learning has has helped me over the years. But more than that, I think if you surround yourself with just good people. That to me has been another key aspect of success. And so for me to make that leap from a regional manager to the director of OEM to eventually the GM role, I just had good people around me, Tats. You know, the national sales manager for roof and wall were established. There were other individuals that had the talent. And so we promoted them into strategic positions. So there was a solid core of people around me and really Hunter to help the company succeed. And so that was important for me personally. I guess what I would say is I am just, I'm a fun-loving guy, but I'm straightforward. I want to help and I care about the employees. If anything about me, what you'll learn is that I will do anything to help our employees succeed along with our customers. So having that mindset of if I can help the employee succeed and be successful, the company's going to be successful. I'm going to be successful. And so again, that mindset attitude really helped me in that role. There are certainly challenges, but that in general helped me. Yeah. I mean, I know one of the things, and, and I don't know too much about the inner working. So what you did that, that stand out, what, what Hunter did was, I mean, it's very, very common for companies to move to more of a company sort of um, I don't know. I don't have a better word. So employed sales force. I know Hunter has a lot of independence. What were those conversations? Because I think I think if I'm correct, a lot of your sales sort of outreach is through independent channels. Right. So yes, Hunter Panels. In fact, most of the the parent company sales teams are independent sales reps. So we had at Hunter the structure, if you will. We had five roofing regional managers and four wall regional managers, all company employed. Those sales teams in the field in each region, each state, each territory were independent sales reps. And so coming from John's Manville, where I was a company sales rep, it was different. But what I found, and I think a lot of folks would share the same belief, if you as a company show that you're vested in that sales rep and helping them to grow their business, again, whether they're employee based or independent, you're going to be successful. And so that really is the mindset of the the regional managers. What can we do to help the reps succeed, right? And that's different for all of them. You want to have a business plan that is really, really the, the ownership, if you will, is, is by the sales rep. The regional manager is there to help and assist, right? They need input, certainly. But that business plan should really be directed, if you will, by the sales rep, right? And as a regional manager and all the departments that make up Hunter, the job then is to support and, and, and help that independent sales rep succeed. I think a lot of people will look at the independent sales rep says, well, you need to manage them. And there's certainly an aspect of that, right, that I agree. But more than that, you've got to help them succeed. And that might mean helping with present product presentations. That might mean job site visits, right? That might be helping them to expand their footprint and get a better understanding of the products that they sell. So they're all different. So yes, it was new to me. 
But I will tell you that I think it's been, to me, a very positive way to go out and sell your products in the, in the uh, commercial industry. Yeah. And looking at that, you know, and saying the sales person, you know, or the is sort of entrepreneurial, right? That's very independent, entrepreneurial. Do you think that same concept would apply well with employees, like company driven and say, hey, look, if we hire competent people, giving them autonomy, how does that work? Is there a balance? So, you know, to me, what is so important is people. It is the foundation of success for any business. And I've always believed that this is a belly to belly business, right? I'm going to buy from that person first. You need a quality product. You need a company to stand behind the product, have the right culture and culture is extremely important. But first and foremost, you're going to buy from that person, right? And so again, if you're an employee, my job, the regional manager's job is to give them as much empowerment as possible, right? You've hired that person for a reason. Empower them, let them go. So number one, get the right employee. And then number two, support them, right? Use your resources to support them. They might have professional aspirations to take on a different role. Help them succeed to get there, right? They're all different, but I think the employee is really important. Give them empowerment, make it a safe place to fail. And if you've got the right person, and we're all going to make mistakes, right? I mean, I make them hourly, it seems. I'm not sure you about you, Tats, but all the time. If that's the right employee, mistakes will happen. You need to support them when they make a mistake, right? Help them realize what they did. Help them to understand not to make it again. But more than that, support them. And, and we've had many mistakes over the years. I mean, it's uh, I'm thinking right now of a, of a, a regional manager on the roofing side who misquoted a large job. And we honored the quote. He quoted the wrong facer. He quoted the wrong PSI, compressive strength material. And it was about a $30,000 hit to the bottom line. We honored the quote. And, and then number two, we supported that regional manager. So back to your question, supporting that employee, giving them the right tools, having that constant communication, helping them to succeed. I, again, I think you're going to be, you're going to be successful. Yeah, no, that's wonderful. You've hired someone. So how do you approach things when something is obviously not working, right, with an individual? Yeah, and that happens, right? Number one, you've got to have clear communication, right? You have, I think there are some folks that shy away from bringing up issues to employees for whatever reason. You've got to be upfront and direct with that employee. Everyone's accountable, right? So you've got to have accountability across your organization, so one, make them aware of the situation, right? To be very clear in your expectation of that employee, right? Whatever that challenge you're dealing with, be very clear what you expect of them. If that same behavior continues, right? And it's 30 days, 60 days, well, then you've, unfortunately, you've got to look to put them on a performance improvement plan, right? You just can't let that behavior go on and on and on. So do everything in your power to be very clear in your expectations. Make sure you follow up with that employee on some sort of consistent basis. And if that behavior still continues and you're still having challenges, then I would tell you, I think a performance improvement plan is the last resort. And that's either a make it or break it. Doesn't happen that often. Didn't have, happen that often in my tenure, but it certainly did. Yeah, for sure. When you transitioned to general manager, you said you're always learning. What was probably the 
is the most helpful learning or upgrade you did when sort of going into that role or the early parts of that role that sort of helped that transition work? I think it was going in, the person before me really had a, a solid foundation. And so the, the structure was there. We promoted some folks. So what helped me is really just going in there and learning, getting, getting to know every department, every employee across the company, and really showing every employee that you're vested in them and you want to help them succeed. To me, that was just, I'm not going in to make changes right away. I'm going in just to learn for the, for the first 90 days. I just want to learn. I, I want to understand what you do. I want to understand any opportunities that can be that need to be improved, any challenges you're currently facing. So really went into it with that mindset. And then certainly getting out to see the, the sales reps in the field, the customers obviously are critical to your success. I love seeing customers face-to-face. So that first year was really learning, making a few tweaks, more than anything, helping promoting a few folks into some key leadership positions that helped Hunter and just the mindset of trying to be there to help the team. I uh, being very, I have an open door policy and I used to say titles don't matter, right? So what you got to be careful with an open door policy, you can, you can get into the weeds, which I did on a few times, a few occasions, but I wanted to hear from employees. I wanted to hear about or what are your concerns, right? What are the issues? What are solutions that you have that you want to bring to, to, to me and, and to the company? Yeah. And so, again, just that vested interest in all the employees, all the sales reps, getting to know the customers, I think really helped me over the next four years, if you will, in that role. And I'd also tell you this. I mean, I you, you go into it with a business plan, right? You want to grow sales to X. You want to increase your profitability to whatever number it is. And to quote Mike Tyson, one of the famous poets, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. And I got punched a few times and it was good. And because then you learn, right? You learn that, all right, we shouldn't promote this product or we need to, this rep's not really performing the way we thought. Let's not hold on to them. And so again, you might have a plan going in, but just be flexible and know that things are going to change. And I think that again, mindset helped me as I, as I transitioned through the next four years. Sure. It's going back to your open door policy. What sort of tips do you have to create the right sort of environment with the open door policy? You said you got into the weeds a few times. How do you you make sure you don't undermine people or or sort of, you know, create unhealthy tension? What sort of tips do you have there with an open door policy? Yeah. Like I said, there were a couple of times where I did get into some weeds. And so what I learned was you first, that employee has to go to their manager first. They can't go around their supervisor, their direct report. They they can't do that. They first got to go to them and talk about whatever challenges or issues are they're dealing with before they would come to me. And there were a few times that, that happened early on. And, and I give a lot of credit to some of the managers that brought that to my attention to say, Matt, I know you want to help. Yes, you have an open door policy, but also you've got to support me and helping me to do my job with those employees that were coming directly. So I guess, number one, first and foremost, you know, direct that employee to their direct supervisor, right? Certainly make sure the entire company knows that, I would say is also important. And then just have open communication, right? 
across the company. And so we would do town hall meetings with the company. We, we would do town hall meetings with the sales reps. And so just that communication in general, I think helped with helping employees understand, you know, where they're at. But uh, I kind of got off topic there. Certainly just, you know, again, the biggest thing I would tell you is have that employee go direct to uh, their their manager first and foremost. Sure. And if it escalates, then it escalates, right? But to try to get solved at that level first. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And and make sure you follow up, though, with that manager. If you're aware of a situation, you know, you need to make sure it's resolved as well. Yeah, that makes sense. Perfect. What are some things, I mean, you, you commonly sort of pass on? I mean, obviously, you know, you, you're moving through various roles, you know, and, and sort of starting in the sales role, I'm sure people come to you for career advice on what they should do and stuff like that. What, what do you tell them? First and foremost, whether you're, doesn't matter your position, really, I don't think it does. You, you've got to take, invest in your people, invest the time in the people. So if you have an employee coming to you and they have aspirations to do something different with their career, they've got a career path in mind or a certain role, you as the manager have to help them put out a plan to help them get there, right? And so that might mean you might need additional training. You Maybe you want to get into pricing from customer service. Okay, do you have a financial background? If not, what training classes can we help you have a better you know, foundation to get to that next level or that next aspiration? Really putting a plan in place for any employee is really important. And so at Hunter, we would certainly meet twice a year. We would have set meetings to lay out, all right, here are the goals for the year, right? Here, here are the company goals. Here are the personal goals. But within those personal goals, what do you want to achieve? What are your aspirations? And so if an employee really wants to try to get promoted to a different role or take on another responsibility, that manager would put a, a plan in place with that employee. And then from there, you would have regular monthly check-ins. You'd have a mid-year review, right? And you would track it throughout the year. So I think it's important that you put some sort of action plan in place to help that employee get to where they want to get to. Doesn't mean it's always going to happen, right? But certainly putting a plan in place and helping that employee get to where they want to go. I, I just I think there's a lot of power in that. And, you know, you know, in today's environment, everyone's looking for good people. So you want to you want to retain quality individuals. Right. And in, you want to help them to grow, because if you help them grow again, you're going to grow the business overall. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Perfect. Is there anything that I did not ask you that you want to cover? You know, I think one of the things maybe the, uh, you know, the, the theme, if you will, throughout this conversation, as I'm talking, it's the people, you know, having strong people is important to have a quality team and, and for a business to grow and be successful. You also got to compensate them. Right. And so it's not the most important thing is what I'd say, but you know, money's not everything, but it's right up there with oxygen. So you got to compensate your team. And when you have a good year or you have a good month, celebrate with your team. Whether that's in a bonus, a form of a bonus, additional time off, I think that's really important. And then the second thing, and this is really why I enjoyed Hunter, is the culture. The culture to me is also key to any business being successful. And, and the culture for Hunter and other companies as well is the focus was to make it a 
place that people want to come to work. And it was a place where the employees were empowered, right? We encourage people to be them, be themselves, be authentic, let your personality show off, not only with your, your teammates, but with the customer, be yourself. I've always believed, Tats, that there's a competitive advantage to being different, especially selling commodity products, which is really what Hunter Panels has been doing. But if you can empower your people, let them be themselves, and you have fun along the journey, man, that can be really powerful. So I just wanted to touch on the culture piece because at Hunter, it was really, I enjoyed that piece of it. And it was challenging at times because people were trying to fight, if you will, to try to change that a little bit. But the culture, bringing the employees together, having company outings, you know, bringing in lunch for the teams, bringing families and, and partners to different company events. You build a team. We become closer. We did a, a scavenger hunt in Portland, Maine with 40, 40 folks in the business. And I'll tell you what. It was really cool. It was fun because it was cross-functional. You had pricing with marketing and customer service with a regional manager, and they were all put on different teams. And that bonding, oh, it was, it was really kind of, it was really powerful to see. And I just think that those types of things help build a company and, and bring close closeness together. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. So yeah, I just uh, I just wanted to touch on that culture piece. I think that's, uh, I think that's important. Yeah, that was great. Thanks for sharing that. Thank you for listening to the Specify Growth Podcast today. Make sure you check out youtube.com forward slash Tats Talks for video of today's podcast. Hit the subscribe button for upcoming episodes. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.